This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. No matter where you started, where you are now, or where you've been, you too can lead an authentic, first-class life. Each week, new stories of turning points and transformation will help you define what success means to you so you can live your best life on your terms. Now here's your host, first-class life mentor and certified Profiting From Your Passions coach, Kate Fessler. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and today my guest is Dr. Fabian Slama, ACC, PhD, MA, also known as FAB. FAB is an emotional healing therapist guiding strong women and brave men facing heartbreak to go from falling down to moving on and empowering them to create the fabulicious life they desire. That's FAB, Y-O-U-licious. Born in France, Fab is a biochemist by training, an internationally collected bronze sculptor, and the single mother of two. Taking inspiration from her own journey, author of Renaissance Woman, public speaker and creator of programs like Heartbreak 911 and Rebirth, Fab has supported hundreds of women to transform from the inside out and thrive after life transition. Using a combination of regression hypnotherapy, core energy coaching, energy healing, and so much more, she unlocks the deepest blocks and allows her clients to go from fear to joy in a minimum amount of time. Welcome, Fab. Thank you. Nice to hear your voice. Nice to be here today. You have a lot of letters after your name. What do those mean? (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) What do those mean? So I have a PhD, so that's part of the letters. Also, some of the letter means that I'm a certified coach recognized by the International Coaching Federation. I'm also a certified hypnotherapist. Oh, okay. So just certification diploma. (laughs) You were born in France, one of my favorite countries. How long did you live there, and when and why did you come to the U.S.? So I was born in France, uh, in Paris, in a very glamorous place called Saint-Germain-des-Prés. And uh, I was raised there, moved back and forth between Paris and south of France, another beautiful place, until the age of 28. Uh, I moved in 1996. In the United States, um, following my husband for the time, he was in high and it was making sense for him to move his career to the Beria, San Francisco mm-hmm. Beria, a lot of high places. I, at the time, was um, pregnant from our second child and thought I would take a leave of absence for a couple of years leaving my job in the biotech industry and come for a couple of years until we'll go back to France. Things change a little bit. The two years turn into five, turn into 10, Mm -hmm. turn into 20, and I'm still here. So you're a biochemist by training. It sounds like you had a career in France in biochemistry. 
What led you to study that? I always wanted to help others. That has always been a dream of mine since I was a little kid. Uh, went to med school, uh, decided that I wanted to go a little bit deeper, so start studying biochemistry, molecular biology, to work on the embryonic uh, stage. And then I work on Down syndrome uh, for my PhD. Mm. And then I discovered that was not the best way to help people. So I left that field and I went into marketing because for me it was a way of helping helping labs translate their message and share it to the world so we can translate the message and bring it to more people. And uh, that was my job before I moved to the United States really translating the research of so many scientists into the public world so we could all have access to it. That must have been very challenging. Maybe not for you, but yes, it it seems like a very important step because most of us don't understand all of the scientific words and the way things are put forth by the scientific community. And it sounds like maybe you translated that into... Um, easily digestible information that we can all understand. That was a goal. That was definitely the goal. I I believe science is this huge mystery that sometimes people are don't have access to, and it's a pity when you understand it better. It's not that complicated. Mm-hmm. You're also a bronze sculptor. Tell us about that. Where do you get your inspiration, and what's the actual physical process of bronze sculpting? Oh, that's another lovely part of my life. I come from a world of artists. Uh, My parents are designers. My brother are painter, architects. That was the world I grew up with. I was a weird one going into science. But I always appreciated beauty and shape and form and colors. Uh, except that I, I cannot paint or draw to save my life. I'm not a two-dimensional person. I like, I like humans, human beings. And mm-hmm. I like the human shape. So when I was here, when I moved to United States, I was on a spouse visa. I was not allowed to work. So that's uh-huh. why I didn't work at first in the biotech industry anymore. And I had two very young kids. So I thought, okay, let's try something new. I start touching cliffs, fell in love with it, and start putting emotion into, translating emotion into shapes. And... Um, I created women, women who will be either scared or strong or powerful. And I was really, my goal was, how can I translate an emotion into a beautiful, powerful shape? So Mm. a lot of my sculpture, my most recent series called Sassy Ladies, it's all about creating those beautiful, really sassy and a little bit badass 
tough <laughs> of women who go into this world and really stand up for themselves and achieve what they want. And it's incredible because that is in some way what I do today. I always say I just changed my medium. I used ah. to work in clay, and I know I work with the the brain and the the cells and the full human body, but it's the same process. How can I take a block of clay and transform it into something beautiful and powerful and strong and with a message? And when I work with somebody going through heartbreak, how can I take somebody who forgot about who they are and feel in some way shapeless, shapeless or without any strength and really help them rebuild themselves. Mm. So, That's lovely. Yeah, it's very similar. The process is really my part of the job is taking, I work out of clay I shape the clay. I really translate the emotion in three-dimensional form. And then I work with a foundry who will take the final product and transform it into a bronze piece. I like bronze because it doesn't break. Mm -hmm. It's strong. It's there forever. It's very sensuous. Sometimes my clients come for an exhibition and they are like, can we talk your sculptures? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're women. You don't touch them, you caress them. Ah. I like, you have to pay attention to my sculpture, but yes, they demand to be touched, but gently. Mm. Well, you are a Renaissance woman and you wrote a book called Renaissance Woman. What inspired you to write that book, and who's it for? So, Renaissance Woman, the full title is Renaissance Woman, A Feminine Midlife Crisis from Loss of Identity to Rebirth. Ah. Uh, The reason of this title is I had to reinvent myself so many times, and I think women and some men are really so amazing in the way they can recreate themselves. As you mentioned earlier, I used to be a biochemist, and I worked in research, and then I became a journalist translating it into the public word, and then came here and reinvented myself as an artist and as a stay-at-home mom because I was raising my kid, and then into this coach, hypnotherapist, and uh, author, speaker. So you have to admire in some way the fact that depending on the challenge and the circumstance you are in, we are you, you can be reinventing yourself. You always have a possibility. And women are really, I think, built to do that just in their body, going from a girl to being a woman, to being able to bear children, to, 
to carry children and to to have all those possibilities in their body. Women are designed to, in some way to reinvent themselves, and some men can do that in a beautiful way as well. So that's why I'm working with mostly women and some men. And uh, the story of this book uh, came a little bit from my story. So um, a few years ago, I went through a divorce, and that pushed me to reinvent myself from an artist to a coach hypnotherapist, and I will tell you more about that. But at that time, I wrote a book called Autopsy of a Marriage, which was about the journey of letting go of a marriage and becoming single again. Mm. And when I went to the uh, to an editor to publish this book, he asked me, how long have you been divorced? And I say, one year. And he say, and you believe you're back on your feet? I say, I know that I'm back on my feet. And he say, you're not credible. I what? say, what do you mean? He said, you're not credible. Nobody will trust that you can be back on your feet within one year. And I say, okay, that's your belief. What can I do? And he said, I will take you because I like you and I like your message, but I want you to write another book that is not about divorce, that is more general. And uh, I... I wrote this book about reinventing yourself, that you can, actually, you can apply it to reinventing yourself after a major life transition like a divorce, but you can reinvent yourself at any step in your life. Mm-hmm. And that is this journey that I describe. How do you take uh, those moments, those key moments, and transform them to make it a victory. How do you, do you let go and reinvent yourself a totally new person? Mm. Hmm. What an interesting journey. So what led you to focus on helping people through heartbreak with programs like Heartbreak 911 and Rebirth? Um, obviously, you I don't know if I'm a narcissist. I don't think so. But you can teach what you've been going through. Usually it's easier when you know the the path and you have been in your client's shoes. Um, I was married for 20 years. I told you I moved from uh, France to United States to follow my husband, let go of my, had to let my family behind had to let my career behind, had to let my friends behind. And um, was in this new country with a, with a totally new life and raising two kids and trying to get there. But at some point, I noticed that I had forgotten myself. Mm-hmm. I noticed that I had totally let go of myself. I became the spouse of my husband, and I had became the mother of my kid, but I didn't know who I was. And that was the first heartbreak. Looking at myself in the mirror at, in my late 30s and wondering who was I. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't recognize myself. I couldn't 
I, I was not sure of who I was anymore. And I thought I needed to do something about it. I, I had let myself go in so many levels. My, I had put on a lot of weight. My health was suffering. I had injured my back. I couldn't walk for 100 yards without having to stop because my my body was failing me. And I was like, okay, I need to find a solution. I need to rebirth myself, but I didn't know how to do that. And what happened was one day my husband of 20, of 20 years called me from his business trip. And he told me, uh, Fab, I'm so sorry, but I realize that I'm not in love with you anymore. And I'm coming back from my business trip in three days, but it will be to pack my stuff and to go. Mm, and I'm wow. leaving you. And at that moment, I, it felt like really somebody had taken the floor from underneath my feet and pulled it away. And I was like, I, I felt really, really terrible. And... To be honest, I spent the next few days crying nonstop, and I I was totally heartbroken. I remember waking up in the middle of the night, smelling fear on my clothes. When you smell, you have to have been through that to know fear has a very specific smell. It's very acrid, and you you smell it all over your body, and it was terrible, and the fear was he didn't love me. After 20 years of marriage, that was really heartbreaking, but I didn't love myself either. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted, and I started falling down really, really hard. And um, I was extremely lucky that one day, as I was, it was probably two weeks after the, I had this phone call. He had left the house, and that was I was in the middle of a mess. And I, I had a friend of mine calling me and say, "You know what, Fab? My husband left me 14 years ago, and I've been miserable for the past 14 years. Don't do the same mistake as as, as I did." And to be honest, I at that time for me it was fourteen days, and I say if it's gonna be fourteen years like that, I'd rather kill myself. Mm-hmm. And on that night, I remember going through my medicine cabinet and gathered every single Vicodin I had. I had a ton of them because of my back pain, and I sat by the side of my bed with 40 Vicodin pills in my hand. Oh, my goodness. And I thought, should I swallow them? And spent a couple of hours just sitting there, looking at the pills and making the decision. Do I want to stop the pain by swallowing those pills? And I can understand. At those moments, you feel so much in pain, you want to stop it, no matter what. 
And I really thought about swallowing that. And then I fell asleep with the pills in my hand. Mm. And, and when I woke up the next day, I look at them and I say, okay, what do I want? So I went into the bathroom and I look at myself in the mirror and I look at myself in the eyes and I ask myself, girl, what do you want? And the answer is, was, I want to leave and I want to see the end of the story. So I took the pills, I put them in the toilet and I flushed them because I didn't want to have access to them anymore. And at that point, I reached out for help. And it took me two months to go through the heartbreak part and to get back on my feet. And it took me one year to reinvent myself totally. So when later on I decided to help others, I say, okay, how can I help people get back on their feet as fast as possible so they can get back into this place of hope Mm -hmm. and then help them rebirth themselves. So Heartbreak 911 is definitely this program about how to bounce back to from a heartbreak. What are the steps you need to do day after day after day after day to take care of yourself? Who to call, who not to call, how to breathe. Very basic, very practical step. Yeah. Because you, at that point, you're not even able to think. You need somebody to tell you, you know what? You're able to breathe today. Just that Mm -hmm. will be enough. And the next day you need, somebody will tell you, that's the type of food you should put on your body. Or very, somebody will hold your hand step after step. And rebirth is more about, okay, know that you're back on your feet. How can you rebirth yourself a new person? And that takes more time, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that's where those two programs come from. <laughs> Long answer to a short question. Sorry about that. No, that's it was a great story. I'm very glad that you made the decision that you did not to take those pills. And I'm, I know it's for a reason, so that you can help other people. And that is a very, uh, it's a common thread that runs through a lot of uh, people who do healing things is that they've experienced mm-hmm. something like that themselves. And, and they've figured out how to come out better for it and they want to teach other people. So I'm exactly. sure that a lot of people are benefiting from that, from from your turning your, you know, turmoil into transformation. Yeah, and some people have to, you have to understand you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. That's important. You have so many people who can help you who have been in your shoes. It's a difficult journey. It's a challenging one. It's not of a. It can be amazing and fun, but don't do it alone. It's so much easier with somebody holding your hand. Absolutely, and any challenge, you know, even the hardest ones, can be turned into an opportunity for a better life. It's if you get the right, if you get the right help. So yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent. I love the name Fabulicious. It's a genius play on your name, as well as a really juicy invitation for people who want to lead what I call a first-class life. 
And you offer people an I want my life back discovery session. So they can, and I quote, start your journey from drab to fab. Tell us about that. So it's it's really, it's so magical or perfect thing come together. Um, my name is Fabienne. And coming into the United States, I found out how challenging this name, <laughs> this name was for many people. They couldn't pronounce it. They couldn't understand it. It was, uh, Fabienne is not a common name here. And a lot of people thought Nick, giving me the name of, nickname of Fab. Mm-hmm. It was kind of tough at the beginning. It sounds a little bit obnoxious when you go to a networking event and you hold your hand to say hi to somebody and they say, oh, my name is Mary. What's your name? And you're like, I'm Fab. (laughs) That sounds so obnoxious. And at the same time, it became an amazing icebreaker. And uh, the name Fabienne and the name Fab come from the word of the Favabin. Oh. It's originally from Favabin. And Favabin are those legumes that are known for growing into very poor soil. Mm -hmm. And when they grow and you put an obstacle in front of them, they will change direction and grow again. And you put an obstacle and they grow again. Oh, how fitting. And I thought that was perfect. So my name became extremely important because that's what I'm translating in the journey I take my client into. How can you grow even in the most difficult circumstance and not be afraid and by a wall and know that you can change your course and grow bigger and taller than you imagine? Mm-hmm. The you of the fabulous is about you because if I'm fab, so are you. I believe every single person I meet every single day is amazing. I always learn from people. And each time I'm amazed and surprised by how beautiful the soul and the spirit of people around us are. I always learn something from someone. And delicious is about delicious. I I believe in joy. I believe in happiness. I believe, really, I have one of the quotes I use is happiness is the the only option. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think what supported me in my the deepest of my heartbreak was happiness. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be sad one minute more than necessary. I have this quote that I love, which is, pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Sometimes you go yes. through painful situations, like a divorce, like losing somebody, like losing your job. Like you, There's a pain, and it's real. But you are the only one deciding how long you're going to stay in the suffering. And I decided to stay in the suffering as little as possible. And that's why I bounced back in a couple of months and reconstructed myself in one year. Because it's like, 
happiness is the only option. How can I be happy? And how can I create this delicious life and this fabulous life and and translate that for people I work with every day? Yeah, unlike your friend who chose to suffer for 14 years. She became my client. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I was going to ask you, was she open to being helped? Because a lot of times people are not. Quite, they're quite happy in their suffering, and they don't really. I mean, they're unhappy, and they're uh, they're in. You know what I mean? They're happy with their unhappiness. <laughs> There's some people who that's the problem. After a while, you become defined by your own unhappiness or your victim stage. Mm-hmm. And when she saw how I was able to reinvent myself, she called me and she said, "Can you get me there?" And we start working together, and she's actually doing good. She's in a new relationship. She's happy. She's She lost a lot of weight. She's taking care of herself. It's, she was a key um, person for me. I think her phone call changed me in some way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was so grateful to be able to help her uh, in exchange for that. And. Uh, I have to be grateful for all the people who helped me in the journey, for sure. Absolutely. There were quite a few. Well, and like you said, you really can't do it alone, nor should you have to. A lot of people feel like, you know, their situation is unique and only they are in this horrible place and they don't really want to be vulnerable and share that with people. But once you do, and once you find the right person to help you, it can really, as you say, accelerate uh, your return and uh, transformation to a much better situation. Yes, definitely. Um, You know, when people, for example, tell me, I don't want to call my friend and tell them about what I'm going through. if your friends was in a terrible situation and they will reach out to you for help and you will help them, how would you feel? And they say, mm-hmm. I will feel good about helping my friend. I say, how dare you deprive your friend from the joy of helping you? Right. That's, and it's important. It's so important. And we're talking about friend, but for me, each time I... I support somebody and I see that transformation. It's a miracle. It's it's so beautiful. Well, we're almost out of time, so I have to ask you, yes. what is one book or resource besides your own that changed your life that you would recommend to people? Uh, okay, multiple resource. Um, a lot of the... My work is based on releasing releasing stress energy. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? Physical exercise is extremely important. Uh, you have to take care of your spirit, but you have also to take care of your body. So find, go to your local gym, go walk, go exercise. Physical exercise is important. Mm-hmm. Other than that... Um, I'm not a huge believer in talk, into talk therapy. That's why I do hypnosis, because I, I believe that when 
you tell your story over and over and over again, you're just reconfirming it. So mm-hmm. I like any technique, any tool that will take you into your subconscious so, so you can really change it from the root. So hypnosis is one, some form of coaching, some form of somatic healing, all of that are valuable. And uh, I'm very good at helping some people, but I'm not the one for everybody. You Mm -hmm. have to find the right person for you, the person who you resonate with, the person who can understand you and you feel the connection with. Uh, I teach people all the time how to listen to their gut feeling, but you need to listen to your gut feeling when you reach out for help. When I reached to the person who helped me, he was a hypnotherapist. That's how I got into this journey. Um, I call him on the phone and he say, hi, don't worry, hon, I'm there for you. And the moment he say that, the way he say that, I just felt like there was somebody putting a blanket, a warm blanket around me, and I felt loved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you're working with somebody, whoever this is, you need to feel safe. You need to feel love. You need to feel acknowledged. All of that. If yes. it doesn't feel that way, don't go work with that person. Um, last resource. I'm not into pills, but I discovered that homeopathic medicine was amazing. For me, it's if there's any type of medicine I will take, I take homeopathic medicine. The principle of homeopathic medicine is to heal the bad with the bad. Mm. Just a little anecdote on that. Uh, one month prior to when my husband left me, I went to an homeopath because I had a um, stomach ulcer, really bad acidity in my stomach. Hmm. And uh, the homeopath I saw asked me, how is your marriage? And oh. I said, what, what do you mean? I come from stomach problem and you ask me about my marriage? And he said, yes, because your remedy is the chemical element called bismuth. You have to know that my marriage name is bismuth. Oh. And it was the fact that your remedy is bismuth. Just, and it's so strongly, this remedy tells me it could be something going wrong with your marriage. Interesting. And I was like, are you kidding me? I said, no, nothing. One month later, I had this call saying he was out. And I was like, that made so much sense. And as soon as he left, actually, the acidity in my stomach left as well. Wow. So it's kind of a totally different approach of medicine. A lot Mm -hmm. of people in in Europe use it. In the United States, it's less common. But... um, it's great support, and it works really well with the type of work I do. So you have some support from the inside also as you're working on yourself. I like it so much. Now, is homeopathic different than um, naturopathic? Definitely. 
homeopathic is a highly diluted element. So, for example, it will be the chemical element bismuth, in that case, diluted to one part to one million, really as, as a trace. And it will almost act like a vaccine. It will teach your body to fight the illness or the bad by recognizing this molecule somewhere in your body. Hmm. So, yes, a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, well, you said uh, fight the bad with the bad. Fight the bad with the bad. Hmm. Let your body learn how to... All, all my work and all the work in some way of homeopathic medicine and so on is your body know how to protect itself. Your body know what is the best for you. And if you can let your body, your gut feeling, your heart and your mind and the whole part of you take care of you the best way possible, you will be able to bounce back way faster. You have your own, you have the solution inside of you. Mm-hmm. My work or the work of the people I recommended is to help you tap into this own solution that is exactly designed to your benefit and apply it to what you need at that moment. So if people want to find out more about you and your work and sign up for your I Want My Life Back discovery session, where can they find that? Oh, it's super easy. They go to www.com fabulicious.com so fabulicious is fab f-a-b-y-o-u-l-i-c-i-o-u-s because if I'm fab so are you life is delicious yes and (laughs) so fabulicious.com and at the top of the page there's a a bar saying sign me up for I want my life back discovery session and they go from there, they will access my calendar, they schedule it, and I work in person. I work over the phone and I work on Skype. People don't imagine that you can hypnotize somebody on Skype. I have clients in Australia, I have clients in France. As long as you speak English or French, I can be there for you. Ah, awesome. You're right. I didn't, wouldn't have thought that you could hypnotize someone over Skype, but... It's actually amazing. It works really well because you're more comfortable. You are in your own environment. Hmm. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. Fabian Slama, Fabulicious. Thank you so much for the time. I really enjoy your conversation. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. If you're in a place of heartbreak, please don't let it keep you stuck for 14 years or more. You can move forward into a better life. If you have something to add to the conversation, please leave a comment on the show page or on my Facebook page, First Class Life Solutions. If you'd like to be a guest on my show, please click on the link at the bottom of the show page and fill out the questionnaire, and I'll be in touch. You can find links to previous podcasts and some books written by or recommended by my guests on my website, firstclasslifesolutions.com. Next week, my guest will be Allison Benton. 
Allison is the president of Aliquantas Consulting, where the primary goal is to create strong and genuine partnerships between government and businesses. By providing unique and creative solutions to economic development issues, Aliquantas smoothly navigates the site selection and incentive negotiation process for their clients, both public and private. But Allison's story took an unexpected turn on Good Friday in 2013, when she fell from a stool while hanging a curtain rod at a friend's apartment, causing each of her right ankle bones to break. When she arrived at the ER, she was given morphine for the pain, and three minutes later, a dose of dilaudid, a morphine derivative eight times stronger than morphine, and another dose 40 minutes later. Knowing that surgery was needed for her ankle, the hospitalist ordered double the dose of dilaudid to be administered every four hours, even though Allison had not regained consciousness since leaving the ER. At 8 a.m. the next morning, Allison was found non-responsive. A code blue caused a desperate rush to revive her. After 12 minutes of chest compressions and an antidote to remove the pain medications, Allison was breathing again, but only to have it happen again four hours later. Recovery was slow and painful, but soon revealed a God-given benefit. An overwhelming need to buy paint, brushes, and canvases led Allison to discover that she was now an artist, which was a major surprise to someone who literally couldn't depict a recognizable stick person before. Not only was the painting therapeutic, but it transformed Allison's life and her business. She was fixated on creating paintings and acrylics, oils, watercolors, pastels. Then she branched out into furniture, light fixtures, and fabric, with explorations in glass mosaic and jewelry. In the past four years, this experience has helped Allison to reinvent herself and savor every wonderful living moment, especially through the dissolution of her 29-year marriage, empty nesting, the death of her mother, and a fractured back from a skiing accident. She has participated in art shows, sold and delivered commissioned paintings, and provided many gifts to others in pain to demonstrate that they can use all of their strengths to overcome all obstacles. I hope you'll join us. Until then, here's to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Fessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success. This is the EWN Podcast Network. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com.